Do you have a ghost howling in your house? Do you have a werewolf stalking you at night? Do you have a vampire in your attic? Is Bigfoot walking beside you in the forest? Do you have cryptids and paranormal events and encounters in your life that you can't explain? Do you need explanations into the unknown? Well, I have a solution for your problems. The Foggy Jack Paranormal Research Foundation. For more information, please visit www.foggyjackparanormal.weebly.com. And remember, the thing stalking you at night may want to kill you. Greetings to everyone from around the world. Thank you for joining us here on episode two of the Foggy Jack Collective Podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this show. Please make sure you rate and review this show wherever you are listening to this podcast at. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media accounts, and we will catch you down in the pumpkin patch. Here we go. You're listening to the Foggy Jack Collective Podcast. Hello, and this is Ty from the Foggy Jack Live Podcast, and I just want to let you know that you are not alone. If you are struggling, if you are thinking about hurting yourself, or if you know someone who is, please extend an arm, extend a hand, and give them this number, or you can call this number as well, 800-273-8255. It's 800-273-8255. You are more important than you know, you are more loved than you know, and you are needed. Halloween, the night he came home, when the deepest fears are made real when the darkest nightmares come true. When the most courageous soul cowers in the face of evil. First time on TV, the modern horror classic from John Carpenter. Parental discretion advised. This film contains elements of shock and suspense. And now, Halloween, you won't be watching it alone.
this is Cryptid Case Files. In this segment, we're going to delve into the lore of a different cryptid each and every time. Today, we're going to be talking about a legendary monster, a titan of the sea, a potentially tentacled nightmare. Today, we are, of course, going to be exploring the mighty Kraken. This legendary sea monster has its beginnings in Scandinavian folklore. The history of the Kraken goes back to an account written in 1180 by King Sverre of Norway. It was described as colossal in size, as big as an island and capable of sinking ships. Some stories say that unlucky sailors would mistake the Kraken for an island and try to land on it. These unfortunate seagoers would then be dragged down into the depths of the oceans. It lived in the seas between Norway and Iceland, and between Iceland and Greenland. In another written record from the time, there were also two other creatures very similar to this description of the Kraken. They're mentioned in the saga of Orvar Orda, which is spelled O-V, sorry, O-R-V-A-R dash O-D-D-R. And I apologise for my pronunciation on that also. Uh, this is an Icelandic story from the 13th century by an anonymous author. The creatures mentioned in this are the Hafgufa, H-A-F-G-U-F-A, which means the sea mist, and the Lingbacker, L-Y-N-G-B-A-K-R, the heatherback. The habits of these monsters were later described in the Norwegian encyclopedia, the Konangs Skusija, Again, I apologise for the pronunciation. The K that's spelled K-O-N-U-N-G-S, S-K-U-G-G-S-G-A. This was written in around 1250, also by an anonymous author. And once again, they were said to be the size of islands and to have the wanton urge to to, to sink ships and drag their crews beneath the wave. Hence, these monsters have been considered as references to the Kraken, and are treated as the same animal. Most people nowadays think of the Kraken in its modern guise as a giant cephalopod, a squid, or octopus-like creature. But that has not always been the case. In older descriptions, the Kraken has been described as a giant crab, or even as a completely unknown monster. Olaus Magnus detailed the Kraken as a monstrous fish within the Historia de Gentibus Septentrionalis. I really shot myself in the foot with these titles. <laughs> um, he described it as having long, sharp horns, huge red eyes, and hairs like goose feathers, thick and long, like a beard hanging down. There's also a lot of creatures that appear in Greek mythology that could be even earlier descriptions of the kraken or a kraken-like creature, including the Scylla. The man-eating monster from Homer's Odyssey, a creature depicted as a beautiful woman from the waist up, like a mermaid, but the beastly creatures below the waist, including six dogs' heads, twelve tentacles, and a cat's tail, just, you know, for good measure. We also have Cetus, described as a whale-like creature, and the monster that blocked the Straits of Gibraltar, mentioned by Pliny. We can also potentially link the biblical Leviathan to the Kraken, as parallels can be drawn between the two, depending on which version of the Kraken you decide to look at. If we go with the idea that it was some kind of giant crab or whale-like creature, um, or the kind that was mistaken often for islands, maybe we can find some links to the Leviathan.
Leviathan was originally a part of Hebrew folklore. It was first described in the book of Job as a whale-like monster with an armoured back that weapons could not penetrate. He was also the legendary creature that swallowed Jonah. According to rabbinical literature, God created Leviathan, and there were only two of these creatures. Uh, Leviathan and its mate were created on the fifth day, but apparently after creating them, God realised that if these two creatures bred and created monstrous titans of children, it could mean the end of his newly created world, so he killed the female. This is intriguing, because if we look at the old Norwegian national history work that we mentioned earlier, the author describes in detail the physical characteristics and feeding behaviour of um, the kraken. And he says, I don't suppose there are many of this sort of fish in the sea, um, nor can I conclusively speak about the length in Els, because the times he has shown before men, he has appeared more like land than like a fish. Neither have I heard that one had been caught or found dead. It seems to me as if there must be no more than two in the oceans, and I deem each is unable to reproduce itself, for I believe that there are always the same ones. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. There's, there's definitely a link between the two. Um, another potential link would be um, that apparently Leviathan could breathe fire and it was said that he would use this skill to boil the seas and kill the marine life he needed to satisfy his appetite and then if we go back to looking at how the kraken is described as eating we are given the description that it is said to be the nature of these fish that when one shall desire to eat then it stretches up its neck with a great belching and following this belching comes forth much food so that all kinds of fish that are near to hand will come to the present location, then will gather together, both small and large, believing they shall obtain their food and good eating. But this great fish fish lets its mouth stand open for a while, and the gap is no less wide than that of a great sound or bite, and nor the fish avoid running together there in great numbers, but as soon as its stomach and its mouth is full, then it locks together its jaws, and all the fish it has caught enclosed that before greedily came there looking for food so it's um and like other descriptions as well say like emits like this aroma and the fish come and that's how it traps them some describe it as it's poop also (laughs) but basically it's 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 changing the water and i'm assuming there's like bubbles and stuff which could kind of parallel the idea of boiling water and basically it's just yeah bringing all of these marine life in and and then eating them. So, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a cool little cool little thing right there. <laughs> um, so, what might be some scientific theories and reasons behind sightings and mythologies of the Kraken? Well, number one on our list is, of course, the giant squid or the colossal squid. Um, many people consider the case of the Kraken actually solved and attribute the ancient sailors' encounters to giant squid. And I would say it definitely could explain away some of the sites of a historical monster. Um, giant squid can grow to a size of 43 feet or 13 meters long and reach around a ton based on the largest ever discovered by humans as far as we know. And who knows what sizes they could reach. That's all we've seen, just like what's washed up. 
Um, they've also been proven to be active predators, so it's not impossible that a hungry squid may have been motivated to attack a ship, especially ones given off the smell of food and prey. And I, I don't even want to know what a boat smelled like back in the time of ancient sailors. <laughs> so, um, yeah, <laughs> that's the first theory that we have. The second is that the Kraken could be uh, sailors mistaking bubbles, dangerous currents, um, appearances of new land, like islands, as the Kraken, but what they're actually witnessing were signs of underwater volcanic activity. And this is something that's really common in Iceland and an area, as we know, where the creature was commonly spotted. Um, however, our third and by far my most favourite theory is that the Kraken is real. Or at least if it currently doesn't exist, that it was real at some point in history. Perhaps even when these sailors were spotting it. And there is somewhat scientific evidence for this theory. You see that ichthyosaur bones have actually been found in patterns similar to the way that octopuses arrange the bones of their meals. Uh, one ichthyosaur ribcage even shows signs of constriction or being crushed as if it were perhaps like had like some sort of large tentacle wrapped around it. Um, ichthyosaurs were pretty blooming big <laughs> themselves. Uh, some, some measured up to 30 feet so it would take a massive cephalopod to be treating these creatures as a prey item so I don't know I, I like that theory the most what do you think I've been Kat Clifford and this has been Cryptid Case Files for more discussion on amazing cryptids mythological creatures and more check out my podcast Strange Stuff Sideshow I want to thank Foggy Jack for having me tune in for more Cryptid Case Files next time and in the meantime keep it creepy keep it curious keep it cryptozoological Bye. This is me. Here are the Foggy Jack Live Podcast and the Foggy Jack Collective Podcast. We are proud to support our friends and our family in the LGBTQIA plus community. And you are always welcome and safe here. Make moldy bread. Bloody snacks. Mmm, got orange juice? Globs of it. Yeah! The new Dr. Dreadful Lunch Lab to go.
Jack fans. Uh, we're so happy to be here on the show. We were so excited to be invited to come in and talk. We are Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes podcast. I am Stephanie Myers. I'm Stephanie Benya. And we were thinking a lot from our music podcast just about the intersection of music and horror, how those things fit together. We have our resident um, metalhead here. Stephanie Pena. And yeah. yeah, you know, and she's here to really get into it. And I wanted to ask you, Stephanie, for Foggy Jack listeners here, how did you get into the intersection of metal and horror? Well, I think honestly, it, it found me. So I'm a big Freddie fan. So Freddy Krueger, child of the 80s. Um, Freddie was big 80s, 90s. And Freddie, uh, excuse me, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors, is a Dawkins song. And that was my first correlation into it, into metal and horror, and it kind of just spiraled there. And so there have been plenty of soundtracks um, to support horror films um, that are just killer. And I bring up Freddy Krueger again. Freddy versus Jason is one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. It has Powerhouse, Kill Switch Engage, Glam of God. Slipknot's first song ever. I mean, just all these cool nuggets um, in it. There's also Queen of the Damned that has um, Deftones, it has Static X, um, all sorts of other really great metal bands. Dracula 2000, System of a Down is on that one. Um, it goes on and on, but it was really that first, my first intro was uh, the good, great Freddy Krueger and uh, Dream Warrior. Yeah. So love that song. And uh, yeah, and I just think it, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful formula, you know, because um, metal can be dark and heavy and fun as well. And so can horror. Horror is just, it, that's the beauty of horror. Horror can be comical as well. So, and so can metal. So it's, I, I just absolutely love it. I love it. And one thing, you know, you and, you know, you and I, stuff that we have in common is our love for The Crow, which is a dark gothic movie. And that soundtrack. It's so good. Amazing. It's so good. So good. So good. It's so good. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Nine Inch Nails cover of Dead Souls. Of course, originally done by Joy Division. Uh, you know, there's nothing better in my book. And that whole soundtrack, probably one of my top 10 albums of all time. Just so classic. And Absolutely. Talk about somebody who just really fits mm -hmm. that, coming in, fitting that genre and doing it so well. There's just countless 
amazing things on there. Yeah. And for the Foggy Jack listeners, I mean, The Crow, um, it was placed on Devil's Night. So if you haven't, you know, watched The Crow, it's a must. So you can't be a horror fan and not watch this classic movie. And yes, Dead Souls, um, you know, Nine Inch Nails did a great remake on that. It is, uh, it's it's a really captivating song. And so no better way to celebrate um, the Halloween spirit and the love for all things dark than with the Crow soundtrack. So check that out too. Um, I do want to mention as well, Rob Zombie. I mean, come on. Um, Rob Zombie is the front man of White Zombie. And of course he is a solo artist and he has produced many, many horror films. And of course has contributed to those soundtracks. And I think it's great. Like he is like the epitome of horror and rock. Like if you want to talk about that, right? <laughs> he is, he is horror. He is metal. <laughs> he is just it. And uh, I was very, very happy with his latest film. Um, and I'm sure that um, he'll be making some more in the future, but man, Rob, always, always, always really strong, bringing back anything spooky kooky, whether it be monsters, whether it be Adam's family, whether it be, um, you know, Night of the Living Dead, whether he'd always put little samples of songs in his music. And, um, and he brought all that full circle with House of a Thousand Corpses when he came out. Um, he brought in elements of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So fucking scary. You've seen House of a Thousand Corpses, right, Steph? I have. Yeah, that was something that gave me nightmares. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I remember walking out and I'm like, this is brutal, but beautiful. And, yeah. you know, and the, you know, the music that goes along with it, it's just, uh, it, it is so mesmerizing and awesome and fun and everything in between. I don't know. Metal just has all my emotions and so does horror. I mean, yeah. like you watch a good horror movie. Sometimes you have to laugh about it because it's fake, right? It's over the top. And it's like, come on, we all like to get scared, but at the same time, you know, appreciate this scare with a little bit of laughter. Totally. Totally. I appreciate yeah. walking us through that. And I think you just educated probably a whole bunch of listeners who might want to have a little recommendations uh, fest there based on the ones you talked about. Uh, can check well, all I those out so. on Spotify, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All of those soundtracks are on Spotify. A lot of the movies are on Netflix or uh, Prime Video. Definitely check it out. Check them all out. I can go on and on, but I'm not trying to take over this show. So... <laughs> Those are our recommendations, but I do definitely say start off with The Crow because that soundtrack is not just metal, but it's all different types of rock. And um, and it's it's on Devil's Night. Come on, man. Yeah. Forever. Forever. (laughs) Woo. Well, awesome. We've had a lot of fun here on Boggy Jack. Um, Please join us on any and all social handles, Stephanie's Talk Tunes. We would love to hear from you. Um, and we are anywhere you listen to your podcasts at Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. Yeah, see you on the other side, guys. Bye. Bye. Here at the Foggy Jack Live Podcast, we support Haunters Against Hate because hate is the scariest thing of all. A simple statement has evolved into a nonprofit organization that gives haunters a voice to express themselves and the challenges they are facing in life and in the haunt community. For more information, please visit www.hauntersagainsthate.com.
just like some magic potion. You fill me with emotion. You control my very soul. You've got me voodoo. You knew the goddess Venus would start this love between us. You inspired me with desire. You've got me voodoo. You knew you had the power and even picked hour when the full moon was up above. I was hypnotized when I looked into your eyes. My heart was filled with love. Just like the siren Cersei, you've got me at your mercy. Always yours to have and hold. Mama, you've got me voodoo. horror movies in summer, do you cry out of angst for the Halloween season? <laughs> Have you ever wondered what happens behind dark, spiderweb-encrusted curtains of a haunted house? <laughs> well, boy, oh boy, do I have a solution to all of your aching problems. The Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Where the Haunters Meet the Haunted. Each week on the show, you'll learn behind-the-scenes info of the haunt industry, the talk of the paranormal and cryptid industry. We also talk about horror movies, Halloween, and so much more. So please join us each week for this creepy, kooky, mysterious, and spooky Foggy Jack Live podcast. And we'll catch you down in the pumpkin patch where the haunters meet the haunted. The Foggy Jack Live podcast is found anywhere podcasts are sold, distributed, or streamed. Please follow us on all our social media accounts at FoggyJack13. Please note this podcast is not responsible for explosive diarrhea, vomiting, erectile dysfunction, heartworms, or major migraines as a result of listening to the show.